The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham. If you want to run with the game changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, to valley or not to valley. Listen up, I'll tell you what I mean. Hey, let's say you're a U.S. startup. You're headed straight to Silicon Valley. Why? You want to bask in that startup-friendly climate, that glow. It's warm, it's friendly, the money's flowing, people are collaborative. Yeah, wait, 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 slow down, slow down. First, you have to weigh what I call the potential pesky negatives against the so-called guaranteed positives. What can the Valley give you that you can't get anywhere else? And what can you do outside the Valley that the Silicon Aura cannot provide? When I was researching this topic, I found an article in the Harvard Business Review HBR blog dated October 23rd, 2013. Thank you and shout out to Michelle Hickey who pointed me in the right direction. The title of the article is Do Not... Build your startup outside of Silicon Valley. Let me just read briefly here. The reality for entrepreneurs outside of the established startup meccas, which are California, Massachusetts, and New York, is a difficult one. If you start a tech business somewhere other than San Francisco Bay, New York, or Boston, you're stacking the deck against yourself. And the answer is it's hard not to notice the huge roadblocks in the way of entrepreneurs outside of these startup hubs. I have a panel of three experts who are going to agree, disagree, refuse, Maybe give us some new reasons to believe that you shouldn't start outside the valley or that, darn it, you should. Let me tell you about them. First up, we'll have Prakash Dvivedi. He's from Mosbury, and he quoted Gautam Buddha. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but we'll find out in a moment. The quote is very interesting. The secret of happiness is to always live in the present. And there are quotes around the present. We'll find out from Prakash in just a couple of minutes what he means by that, why he picked that quote for our topic today. Joining us also is new daddy, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, Ori Fingerer from Weisberger. He is in Israel. He's at the hospital. The baby was born 24 hours ago. What a champ. And Ori sent this quote from, my goodness, Andy Warhol. It's the first time we've had a Warhol quote on the show. It's being good in business is the most fascinating kind of art. Very applicable in some way to today's topic. Can't wait for Ori to explain that one. And rounding out our panel from SAP is Ayaz Kazi. He quotes Shakespeare. My goodness, what a, what a set of quotes we have today. And Shakespeare said in The Tempest, for those of you WS aficionados, hell is empty and all the devils are here. Okay, Ayaz, we're going to find out what you meant by that. So I'd like you to join me for the next hour here on Startup Focus with Game Changers. Our topic is the pros and cons of starting up 
outside Silicon Valley. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We are coming to you live. It's already November 14th, 2013. Thrilled to be here. And now it's time for me to tell you who my guests are. You're going to hear their voices, and then we'll find out what their quotes have to do with our topic today. So, Joel, open the lines, and let me first talk to Prakash. Prakash is the founder and director of Mosbury Inc., an enterprise-class company that builds mobile business apps for retailers. Using analytics combined with existing customers' big data, there's that big data word we love, sources, Mosbury Solutions provide insight as a service, IAAS, to help retailers plan, simulate, analyze, and predict business to improve their profitability. He has 20 years of experience in various industries. He began his career at Tata's in India, T-A-T-A-S, getting his first business and management training, and he worked at Bloomberg for 14 years. Prakash, welcome to the show. How are you today? Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks a lot. I'm doing fine. <clears throat> Wonderful. Tell me, where are you calling from, Prakash? Uh, I'm calling from Princeton, New Jersey. Oh, um, so you're right down the... Well, sort of. I'm in New York on Long Island. How's your weather there today? Oh, uh, yeah, it is sunny out, but uh, it is a little bit chilly. It is windy. What we call crisp. <laughs> it's oh, crisp. Yeah. I wonder whether to bring the plants in from the terrace. Thank you for joining me, Prakash. You sound great. We're going to get to you in a minute and find out about your quote, and you'll help me. What What is the pronunciation of the person to whom you are attributing this quote? Who is it? Is it Gautam Buddha? Is it Siddharth? Like you know Buddha? Uh, Buddha. Yes. Is? Yes. Yeah, yes. Is, uh, okay. Good. Thank you very much. I want to make sure I. Make sure I got it right. We'll get to you in just a minute. Also welcoming new daddy, Ori Fingerer. He's the vice president of business development for Weissberger. And I didn't say burger. I said Bierger, B-E-E-R-G-E-R, the pioneer and international leader in alcohol analytics. I didn't know there was such a thing for monitoring beverage consumption. And the quote is breweries from Ori. Breweries struggle to monitor consumption in broad markets monthly, let alone at the bar level in real time, by integrating their alcohol analytics technology. Onto every beer tap, Weiss Bierger empowers bars, breweries, and beverage distributors by offering beer consumption intelligence and analytics. Ori has vast experience in large corporate deals, major fundraising, strategic partnerships, international sales, and he got his law degree, whoa, from Haifa University and interned with Goldfarb, Levy, Aaron, and Company, Israel's largest law office. Welcome, Ori Fingerer. How are you? I'm actually pretty pretty psyched. Happy to be to be on the show, and uh, as you said, it's a very important day for me as well. The personal note. Yes, so, tell uh, us what's the, what's the name of the newcomer. Tell us the name and the size. His name is Stav. It's in Hebrew. Uh, the the meaning is fall. The uh, the season we're in right now. In Beautiful. Israel. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, and he's uh, 3.5 kilos. I'm not sure uh, how to weight it in uh, pounds. Maybe you can do the conversion. Somebody's going to do the. Michelle is listening. Michelle is in the office. Michelle says <laughs> congratulations on the baby, and she's going to do the conversion for us. So, Michelle, you can uh, put it on Twitter or just send me an email. Again, Ori, congratulations. I can't believe you're calling into a radio show with, with a newborn and you're still at the hospital. So we send you our appreciation. Thank you so much. My, this is- my, my, my wife couldn't believe either, so... 
Well, let's do the reality check there. Send her our best as well. And let me introduce our third guest. It's Ayaz Kazi. He's Senior VP of Products and Innovation, Platform Strategy and Adoption for SAP. His areas of coverage are centered around, of course, SAP HANA, SAP HANA Cloud Platform, SAP HANA Marketplace. He eats, sleeps, and breathes HANA for a good reason. And across all of SAP's product and innovation platform portfolio, Ayaz is also focused on driving adoption across a broader ecosystem of startups. He earned his MBA from the Haas School of Business at University of California, Berkeley, and his BA in Computer Science from University of Bombay. What an internationally interesting panel we have today. Ayaz, how are you today? Lovely, and it's lovely to be here. Ah, uh, you're lovely too. Where are you calling from? Well, I guess I have the I have this thing stacked up against me. I'm in the valley. I'm calling from Berkeley, <laughs> California. Well, we needed somebody calling in from the valley because we're talking about your your area, your neighborhood, your environment, and we're going to find out whether you agree or disagree about. Well, we have well, by the end of the show. Let's before we go to our final crystal ball segment where we do the predictions I'm going to ask you all to keep a scorecard during the show and you're going to tell me whether the pros outweigh the cons or the cons outweigh the pros I think it'll be fun to play that business game so thank you so much for joining us everyone what a thrill to speak to all of you so let's go back and do the quotes and see what you all meant we're going to start out with our quote from Gautam Buddha and this is from Prakash Trivedi from Mosbury and you say the secret of happiness is to always live in the present and you gave me quotes around around the word present. Prakash, talk to me. What are we talking about here? Yeah, if you uh, think a lot about past, what happened in the past, or you worry about future, then there's lots of stress builds uh, builds up in your mind. And uh, on a long term, it is not good for health. So once your health is not good, then you can never be happy because then you have to have a doctor visit and uh, medication and this and that. So to get rid of all those things, if you just focus on present and try to live the present, live in the present, then you'll be happy. I think that's what he taught, so that uh, people should not worry about how should I make money and what will happen if this doesn't go well or that doesn't go well. So move away from these and try to live in the present. Means everything is good right now. Let's focus what I can do to make it better. I like that. Now let's relate that to the pros and cons of building your startup inside or outside Silicon Valley. How would you apply that, Prakash? Uh, the way I see is like in Silicon Valley is the place to be if anybody wants to uh, start any new enterprise because uh, Silicon Valley has the talent, it has the money, and it has people, those who have done it again and again and again. So there is uh, no dearth of guidance if you need uh, something to be done. And the, uh, in Silicon Valley, the most positive thing which I like which Ayaz, I think, will agree with me, is the weather. Whenever I go mm-hmm. there, I feel so good because you don't okay. have to worry. Evening, you can go out on a sunny day or evenings are pleasant. It's beautiful. So that makes you happy. And once you are happy, I think you... <laughs> it all <laughs> you follows. Yeah. It all follows. Follow so much. <laughs> Having lived in Princeton, Thank I can second you. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one. Thank you. Okay, let's move to Ori. I keep wanting to call you new new daddy. What is it in Hebrew? Ipa? Is that uh, Papa in, in Hebrew? Abba. 
Abba, Abba, why am I saying Ipa? Abba, right. Abba and Ima. So again, Mazel Tov to Abba and Ima. I'm sorry, I should have remembered that. I did go to Hebrew school a million years ago. So, Ori Fingerer, you're quoting Andy Warhol. I love this quote. Being good in business is the most fascinating kind of art. Why did you pick this quote for today's show about startups and the Valley? Yeah, you know, I think what what I'm trying to do different, uh, and that, that's the way also my the company I'm partnering also see it is that in order to be successful in business, you need to be creative, you need to use all your senses, and step out of the box. And I think it's pretty much the same. It's an art, basically. If if you look at the, at the business and your workplaces, you know the place you you're going to every day, and it's it's like it's a it's a burden. Then it's it doesn't. It, it won't get too high, and you won't be successful. But if you're looking at it as a as a, something passionate, that you you feel like you have you're motivated, and and you're as I said, you're being creative about it, you're gonna do well. So I think I have a feeling that that's that's how Warhol uh, meant it when he said it, because he was as you. Uh, he he's he's one of my uh, favorite uh, artists anyway, and he and he was also very good in business, so he was able to combine those two, and I think it's uh, that's the way to go. It's a very I'm seeing soup cans in my mind right now. I'm seeing a lot of soup cans. That was also a good business. Yeah. <laughs> let, let let's move to Ahaz Kazi from SAP Shakespeare. I can't believe we have Buddha. Warhol and Shakespeare. Those three quotes on today's show. This is quite a quite an eclectic group. So. Ayaz, tell me, hell is empty and all the devils are here. I'm looking around, I don't see any devils, so tell me, where are they? (laughs) That's fantastic. I actually gave you two quotes, so I'm going to quote the second one as well, and that will add to your eclectic nature of quotes. The second one was, uh, be the change you wish to see in in society or in in people, that came from Mahatma Gandhi. See, now if if you put the two quotes I gave you together, they're at opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes, and the truth so. is always somewhere in between, and that's how it relates. The core here is there's a troublemaker in all of us. There's a change agent. There's a catalyst in all of us. And we are all here in the present. We, we understand what it is need, what's needed to make business work, and that's a special form of art. And I'm putting now all of the quotes together and giving you a simple equation for why not the, why the valley or why not the valley. There I is a like lot that. of pros for the valley. But yes. if you're outside the valley, you can be the change that is needed to bring valley-like culture into these different areas. Okay. So you know what? We're almost ready to take our first break. Thank you, Ayaz. I'm going to ask all three of you, I'll go first, Prakash, then Ori, and then Ayaz, to tell me before we start our discussion, we're going to take a break, come back, and then we're going to talk, do our roundtable, and I have all these interesting notes from the three of you. Thank you. Uh, before we do it, let's let's take a temperature check here, not on the baby, Ori, but on, on Silicon Valley. If we're, Do you think... I'm not sure if any one of you are going to be influenced by what the others are saying because you're all smart guys. You know the landscape. You know about startups. You you know what's going on in Silicon Valley, in Silicon Alley in New York, all over the world. Uh, we had a couple of startup guys from Israel on last week. Fascinating show called Startup Nation Israel. I'm sure you're familiar with the book. So my question is right now, before you hear what each other have to say and before we wind our way through this live interactive roundtable conversation coming up soon, would you say the pros or the cons? What outweighs what, or are we on an, an equal footing? Prakash, where, where, what's the temperature at the outset of the show? Pro or con for the Valley? Uh, I'll say I'm pro, pro Valley. You're pro. Okay, Ori, what are you, pro or con? 
I guess I'm pro Khan because, uh, you know, out of the valley. So uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be pro whatever uh, we're doing. Uh, okay. But I think, I think it's a 50-50, uh, it's 50-50 situation. Good. Then we have a lot of room for discussion. And Ayaz, what do you think, pro or con? Well, What's weighing out? Clearly pro, but I think the empathy is a lot towards all the cons that uh, exist and the reasons why it might be better to be out as well. Good. Then we have a lot of interesting things to talk about. I have to do a shout-out to Johannes and Hassan and Andy, who are in the office in Palo Alto, California, listening with Michelle Hickey, who's one of the sponsors and managers of the show. Thank you very much. And a shout-out to them. We're waving. We're waving. Okay, I tell you what. We're going to take our first break. I'm going to ask my three guests to think about what they're drinking today. I know you probably are drinking your company champagne, and you've got a cup of gratitude, and you might have the Kool-Aid. I don't want that. I want the best cup of something you've had or you've got in front of you, coffee, tea, watermilk, juice. Think about it. When we come back after a one-minute, really quick break, I'm going to find out what's in your cup today or the best cup of something you ever had. Then we're going to take a deep dive into the talking points you sent me. We're going to weave our way through a conversation and see if we come up with anybody having a change of heart about the pros and cons of starting up inside or outside Silicon Valley. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SA. By the way, if you're keeping count, this is episode number six in a series of 13. So we're just almost at our halfway mark and thrilled to be here. Joel, take us out. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers. Here we are. Great panel today. I have Prakash Vivedi from Mosprey. I have Aurea 
Ari Fingerer from Weiss Bierger. I want to say Beer Garden. Weiss Bierger. And I have Ayaz Kazi from SAP. And we're talking about our topic today is the pros and cons of starting up outside Silicon Valley. I think if the bookmakers were taking taking note of the conversation, I think we're about 50-50 either way. But we're going to find out if that persistence persists and changes toward the end of the show. But first, very important order of business. I have to find out what my guests are drinking today. Let's start out with Prakash. What's in your cup or what do you wish you were drinking, Prakash? Uh, Bonnie, I'm having a nice warm cup of Darjeeling tea. Darjeeling tea is a specialty of a region in India which is called Darjeeling. And the tea there is supposed to be uh, uh, very slight... uh, uh, tasty flavor. I don't know how to explain that to you, but it's very tasty. And uh, the story behind the Darjeeling tea is it doesn't belong originally to India. Somebody in 1800s was uh, leaving, uh, there is a place called Kathmandu in Nepal. Mm-hmm. So there he stole the seeds of this Chinese tea and he brought that to that Darjeeling area and planted it there. And uh, these uh, particular leaves they grow pretty well in a 4,000 square feet, uh, uh, I'm sorry, sorry 4,000 feet height from sea level. Mm-hmm. They, these are grown in steep slopes of mountain there, and uh, uh, it's beautiful tea. So I think when you get a chance, you should definitely try this. I will. I bet it has caffeine in it. Is there supposed to be a kick from caffeinated tea? I usually ask for the, the, the kind with no kick to it, no caffeine. But is there a kick from Darjeeling, would you say, Prakash? Uh, it, it is, if you try Darjeeling green leaf tea, so that is good for health. Green leaf tea, I think it has less caffeine. And if you don't okay. boil it too much, I think it should be fine. Okay, thank you. They don't let me have caffeine on radio show days. Go figure. What can I tell you? Ori, Ori in the hospital. Which You want to do a shout-out for the hospital where your son was just born, Ori? Uh, the hospital, is its name is uh, Tel Hashomer. It's in Ramad Gan, which is close to Tel Aviv. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's give a big shout out to the to the staff. Wonderful, uh, wonderful. So, so, so my drink—that's what yes. you were asking, right? I was. Unfortunately, in the last twenty-four hours, I drank a few coffees, coffee cup, cups. All of them were lousy. Hospital <laughs> uh, coffee, as you can imagine. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's be honest. They're they're good at a lot of stuff, but uh, not, uh, not making coffee is not not their thing. Um, and the second question was about uh, a good drink. Yeah, what would you what do you wish you were drinking? Or if you, if you were somewhere else, what would you be drinking? Would it be beer? I wonder. Yeah, of course it was be it would have been beer, <laughs> but uh, I think it wouldn't be in a specific brand. I'll give you a very short story. Uh, in our company, in our company, we have uh, uh, a ritual every last day of the week, which is in Israel. It's a Thursday or Friday sometimes. Mm-hmm. We okay. gather all the employees and uh, the, the staff of the company, and we raise a glass of beer uh, to show the appreciation for the hard work people put in, and you know, just to conclude the week uh, in a good manner. So it's always the best uh, drink, you know, to, to look back and see how hard you worked and uh, to feel good about the people you're working with. I like that. I like that a lot. And, of course, the, whether the weekends on Thursday or Friday has to do with when Shabbat starts, correct? Uh, no, but Shabbat starts always uh, on Friday. Uh, Friday at sundown. Afternoon. 
So, yeah, so, uh, but so, uh, it depends. In, uh, it depends basically on the how busy the week is, and it's ninety-nine percent of the time it's busy. So uh, okay, <laughs> I thought maybe with time zone changes and with the the sunset coming a little bit earlier or later, different times of the year, that might adjust a little bit. So I have just learned something. Thank you, Ori. Let's move to Ayaz Kazi. Ayaz, what are you drinking, or what do you wish you were drinking, or what would William Shakespeare wish you were drinking? <laughs> Well, first of all, if I was not a teetotaler, I would probably be joining Ori's company very quickly. <laughs> sounds okay. Like a good, sounds welcome. like a good You're place welcome. to work. Uh, what what am I drinking? What I normally would be drinking a lovely drink, which is mint uh, mint tea with honey. That's my favorite. But what I'm drinking now is even better than that. I've been a little under the weather, and one of my friends. Uh, uh, this is a South Indian drink. I don't know if you, I, I'm going to explain it. It's called rasam. It's hot and piping, and I have a cup full of it in front of me that I'm drinking. What you might know uh, in the Western world, it's called maligatani soup in some ways, mm-hmm. but it's it's a lot it's a lot more intense than that. And uh, it is good to get your system cleaned up. And frankly, I think Michelle was a little worried I might be able to make the show or not. And this is made by my friend's mom so my friend murli and murli's mom who we fondly call amma so this is a shout out to her i'm having her rasam and i'm doing really well thank you we're glad you're feeling better i heard you run to the weather and i appreciate it we have to do a shout out to robert capan who's also listening with michelle and team in palo alto and robert says he wants to hear us get to the meat on the bones of the topic today so robert this is for you we're going to start talking to prakash now we're opening up our round table for real prakash let's start with the fact that some people say that silicon valley is a state of mind that there is a desire among the inhabitants the businesses that start up there to do something called continuously reinventing everything, the people, the companies, the energy, the outlook on life, whatever you're doing. What's your thought on Silicon Valley as a state of mind? And then I'm going to ask Ori and and Ayaz also to join in on that so we can get everybody's opinions. Go ahead, Prakash. Start me off, please. Yeah, Silicon Valley, um, I think it grew uh, in the last two decades plus. When people, they... uh, Work on certain things that they think. Oh, why we can do? We cannot do something better than uh, the way things are. See, the best example I like about Silicon Valley is like if in the past, uh, auction. There are a couple of big auction houses, so they uh, normally deal with uh, high-end cultures and uh, um, paintings and all. But general public, they were not involved with that. Then one guy sitting in his garage, he thought, Oh, why don't if I can come up with something, a platform where normal people like us can auction up of their items. They'll be so good. And then uh-huh. eBay, eBay was born. And yes. eBay was such a novel idea, and people could have taken up, anybody could have taken it up. But this guy sitting in West Coast, he thought, okay, in Silicon Valley, he thought of it, and he went ahead with his thing. So, and he wanted to improve things so that other people can participate in the system. So that's what I like, uh, that's what kind of thinking, which is mostly available on the West Coast, in Silicon Valley. So that helps a lot. 
Prakash, do you think it's the weather? Is it the collaboration? Is it the fact today? We're talking today, it's November 2013. The fact that eBay was started there, is that part of the culture, part of the, if you will, the air and the water of Silicon Valley? Hey, this is where eBay was first a dream or a gleam in somebody's eye, and now look at this huge global venture and how many gazillion people are involved. So does the lore and the success add to the culture of the state of mind? Do you think it, it's it's an aggregate and it keeps growing that Silicon Valley is the place? What's your thought? And then we're going to have Ori jump in. Go ahead, Prakash. Yeah, it, 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 it basically snowballs into itself. So That's what I wanted here. Yeah. Okay. Ori, what are your thoughts? I know you're, you are not there. You are in Israel. Um, wh- what are your thoughts about this concept of Silicon Valley being a state of mind? Agree with Prakash? Disagree? Um, I have a, a, a slightly different point of view, but uh, of course I agree with Prakash that there's like enormous opportunities and you have all the options in the world while, while you're starting up in, in Silicon Valley, obviously. Uh, but if you didn't start in the Silicon Valley, that means that you cannot uh, succeed. Uh, there's so many examples of startup companies who started even outside of the States forget about the outside of the Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and they were able to to uh, climb to the top. So uh, I think it's it, it depends more on what your product is, what your company does, than uh, the location. But, again, but of course, starting up at the valley will give you a few inches more. Okay, let's, let's talk about the fact that your company started in Israel. Is that correct? Weisberger. Okay, was there ever a thought that Weisberger could have started in Silicon Valley instead of in Israel? Let's just be really, really focused here. Let's be very concrete on your company as an example. What would have been different, do you think, if you had started in Silicon Valley? What would you have gained or lost? Talk to me. First of all, um, maybe we will uh, shift one day and, uh, and you know, move a part of the company to the States. So um, never say never, and it's, it's, always, a, it's always an option. And, uh, again, I'm, I'm looking from, from the experience and the hist- what history says. There's many companies who uh, started up uh, outside of the States and just moved to the States in order to uh, penetrate the, this market, uh, each one in their own turf, but... So, as I, as I see it, it wouldn't have been so different. I mean, raising money, ra- fundraising in the States probably would have been easier. But ah. uh, other than that, other than that, we, we would have done pretty much the same, uh, even if we were uh, founding it in, in the States. Thank you. Thank you, Ari. Ayaz, let's talk to you. Uh, I have a statement here from you that says, there's no denying the obvious benefits of the Valley still hold true. Access to capital, access to talent, access to mentors, access to strategic relationships, and far higher odds of being acquired. We haven't yet brought that into the conversation, but why don't you take me there? First of all, your thoughts on Silicon Valley state of mind and what I just read. What do you think, Ayaz? I think the state of mind goes back to sort of the genesis of the Valley. If you think of how the solutions and the companies came about, these were companies that were looking to build long-term value, and these are companies that have uh, established a name for themselves in terms of amplification of human ability, being able to provide technology to amplify human ability. That's been the hallmark of the valley. Around that then builds the ecosystem that you just talked about of access to capital, mentors, mm-hmm. everything. The reason it has mat- it matured so fast was because that was the basic premise that it built on. Now, of course, uh, if you take a look at Silicon Valley today, 
a lot of that still holds true but there's there's a larger portion of it which sometimes the attractiveness of being outside the valley might be uh, might be there is that everybody sort of looking at trends these days mm-hmm. i want to build a facebook like company i want to build a twitter like company people are not thinking about or i want to build a zynga like company all these are great companies but if you're going to try to build a company like that just because other people have made money on it and you're looking at it from purely from a how do i build a company flip it or exit and pump it and exit that's that sort of a change i've seen in the valley that sort has been a little more negative than what the original intent for companies in the valley have been known to be okay so let's talk about let me start at the back end here in terms of the investment side the venture capitalists the angels who will come forward and say great idea Ori and Weisberger, great idea, but I'm not going to fund you because you're not in the Valley. So uh, let me start with AI since we were with you, and then I'm going to have Ori and Prakash join in here, please. What's the thought of, are you putting yourself at risk of not getting your funding because the venture capitalists who really got the deeply lined pockets and the thick wallets are going to say, nope, this kind of company, in their opinion, in their their betting opinion, meaning are you a good bet or not for their investment, they're saying, nope, you're not in the valley, I'm not going to invest in you. Has that happened to your knowledge, Ayaz? That, that happens all the time. I think ah. more, more, than, more than that, I think the biggest problem in the startups uh, that are on, the, on this uh, show today can attest to that, I'm sure, is the valuation. The valuation that you get if you're not a company in the valley uh, is very different. You get a much lower valuation. And, of course, you can bar- balance that with all the trade-offs that you get, the local incentives, you get you get local talent, you get cheaper talent, cheaper overhead, cheaper resources. But the truth at the end of the day is the valuation outside the valley or outside any of these hotspots is much lower than what it would be in the valley. Now, that's interesting to me. I really did not know that in my research and all the notes I have from the three of you. That's very interesting. So let's go back to Prakash. What's your thought on this lower valuation? Is it a big risk? Is it a medium risk? What would your advice be? And how did Mosprey deal with this? Uh, I think uh, I agree to some extent with Ayal, mm-hmm. what you said. But it all depends on the product of the company and uh, what kind of clients company has. If uh, venture capitalists, basically, when they see a product is good, it has some potential, but as of now, now there are no clients and nobody is backing up the company, in that case, the valuation will be not that good. But if the products are good and if a company has some clients, in that case, obviously, the uh, uh, valuation will be much higher. And uh, what we found was uh, initially we didn't want any funding because it is uh, we are self-sufficient as of now. Mm-hmm. But uh, in New York area, uh, I have uh, lots of uh, uh, acquaintance who are willing to look into once we need uh, some capital. So I think uh, from funding point of view, New York is not a bad area. It is a very nice area and there are lots of fund here. I think now more and more uh, all the financial companies are being scrutinized more and more, so they would like to put their fund with startups because they think there is a safer bet uh, rather than being caught by somebody. So I think uh, there are lots of funds in New York area, and there is a big push from uh, the mayor, Mike Bloomberg, where he wants to create a tech hub in the New York City area. So I think he did uh, have some collaboration with uh, San Francisco City to bring up technology in this area. So I think uh, we are pretty good. 
Uh, and we're going to have to ask the new mayor, mayor-elect Bill de Blasio, if he's going to uh, continue that trend and continue that, that marriage of trying to get the venture capital back into New York. W- when you started Mosprey, what was your consideration? Was it, we're going to do it in New York, damn it? Or, gee, I don't know, maybe the Valley is more appealing. Did you have to weigh those two? Uh, I think that thought didn't come to our mind because in our case, uh, in my case, uh, I'm not that young where I have no family. I can just go anywhere and start things. So I, I had family. Okay. Yeah, my kids are like 12 and 8, so they're going to school here. So, and the area is good. I think Ayaz, he has been here, so he knows the area is good. It's not that bad. That's so called not- a reality check. And, and yes, that, that's weighing the business and the goals and the, the capital gain you're looking for and whatever fame or productivity you want and uh, everything you're looking for in your company against what does my family need. That, that's a good point, and I'm glad you brought it up. Ori, from the Israel perspective, um, what do you think about this whole thing of – we had a great show last week, Startup Nation Israel, and we spoke in depth about the collaborative spirit, the fact that uh, two of our, our startup people on the show said all they have to do is just put out the word, make a phone call or go to a coffee house <clears throat> excuse me, and say to somebody, I need some information on how to do X, Y, Z. And one phone call leads to another and another email and another phone call and another visit to another cup of coffee with someone, and before you know it, Somebody has hooked you up with the right people. So would you say that is an advantage of a startup in Israel that you have not heard of or in Silicon Valley or have you heard that it's equally, it's on a par of that collaboration in the Silicon Valley area? What do you think? Well, if, if you mean by the, the right people, the, the right investors, I think it's right to, to a certain extent. I mean, you're not going to raise... Uh, uh, round B or round C money uh, by uh, meeting someone at a coffee and he will hook you up uh, with uh, with such a, a large investor. It, it's true to an extent. And um, I, uh, thankfully we had the, the we had we, we were able to to raise money uh, even from uh, from the states as well. Although uh, we're we're in Israel, uh, but it's it's like it's it's generally known that it's much easier. To uh, raise funds uh, from uh, VCs, from US VCs, uh, when you're a US-based company, so um, this is something that there's so many uh, companies that that done that and had obstacles raising funds from uh, US VCs, as I said, because they were located outside of the states. Um, but as I said, we we had the uh, we, we didn't have that problem so far, so I'm happy with. It. Okay, my question to you now, and I, I want the rest of the panel to chime on this as well, is, first of all, the clientele for Weisberger, Weisberger, I'm getting my E's and my I's mixed up here. Ori, is your clientele mostly in Israel? Are your customers mostly in Europe? Are they mostly in the U.S.? Or are they spread globally? Because you sent me a comment before the show that you have to think about where your largest clients are. Are they European-based? Are they U.S.-based? So what's the situation for Weisberger in terms of did you decide to stay as an Israel startup because of where your client base is? Okay, so it's, it's a very good question. So, of course, we started with uh, Israeli clients, mm-hmm. uh, but um, like in, in recent in recent year, we uh, we had we had and still have uh, many uh, not many but several very important uh, clients uh, all over Europe. Uh, this is the the way we start. This is the, the strategy we determined from the first place uh, to start in uh, some important. 
countries in Europe, and uh, after that we'll go to the States as well. We started uh, implementing some uh, seeds in the States, and we have uh, a few clients over there as well. Uh, but our main business now is in Europe. Okay. Mosprey, Prakash, where's your main business? Our main business is in U.S. and Middle East because uh, no. Dubai, I think, is spending a lot of money to attract uh, uh, shoppers to come there and live and shop and all those things. So there are lots of retailers in uh, uh, setting their shops in Dubai, in Middle East. So we have clients there, and the U.S. is the capital of the world in, when it comes to retailers. Oh, okay. yes, absolutely. Yep. Ayaz, what's your thought on this? When you Are you ever asked to advise a startup? I know they come through the portals of the SAP Startup Focus Program. Do you Are you ever asked to, uh, to advise, hey, should I start up in Silicon Alley in New York? Should I trudge west and be go west, young man, young woman, and go to Silicon Valley? Should I start up in Israel, startup nation? Does that question ever come up? Or by the time you see people at SAP Startup Focus, are they already established somewhere? Is the footprint already viable? Typically, through the startup program, they're already established somewhere, but they may be looking to they may be looking to move. But uh, I get that question mm-hmm. a lot, just on a personal basis, from friends, acquaintances, and the network. So, what do you if say? You, What's your answer? I think the key is really at the end of the day: is where does what product are you building? What market are you building it for? Is it for the local market? If you're if your end users of the product are going to be in the U.S., then you've got to plan a roadmap for being in the U.S. either sooner or later. And the longer you hold out to to get funding, the better off you are because you will get a better valuation here. I spent some time last night talking to a friend of mine from India. He said he's an angel investor in India and at the same time a startup. He has five customers for his current product and he, he's getting a funding uh, evaluation, which is one tenth of a company he's evaluating out of the out of the valley, which is at five million. So he, he's like, this, this, it's out of whack the valuation. That was what led to my comment as well. So I would I would encourage very highly for companies looking to establish uh, is to look at where their end user base will be, and when good, they're getting good. ready for product to hit the market, they should be in that space. Good, good point, good point. I'm glad I asked all of you. I want to shift this around a little bit. I have a comment of a negativity about the Valley from you, Ayaz. I want to have you comment on this and then ask Ori and Prakash to chime in. You say, lately, Silicon Valley has developed, and I quote you, an old-school stodgy reputation. I hope you're all old enough to know what stodgy means. With some, say, an unhealthy focus on, you'll know what this is, the build-pump-exit strategy, a focus on quick cash, rather than a long-term viable business, an eye on what's trending rather than true innovation or value or solving real-world problems. So we've juxtaposed in your comment, Ayaz, old-school stodgy against quick cash, against long-term business, against innovation versus trending, and I read the word fad in there somewhere, trending, what's hot today, maybe not tomorrow. So talk to me, Ayaz. Where do you where do you come from with this comment that it's old-school stodgy? Is that your observation from your work at SAP Startup Focus, or does this come from your, your many friends in startups? Just the observation of the valley, the bubble, and, and every time the bubble bursts, whenever this, this gets to be a bit much and it resets, the pendulum always swings, but you see it growing bigger and bigger every time a new bubble comes around. And, okay. uh, and that's, yes. what, that's what this is. It's, uh, if you look at, again, the 
genesis of what I talked about was the foundation is on building new technology that will amplify amplify human nature and you and make it make life easier for for humans. Humanized well, technology that, as well. That has changed we as want. we go looking at fast cash. Even the even the venture capitalists etc. angels gone a little greedier sort of the patience runs out quicker. Okay, thank you. Ori, talk to me about, from your vantage point in Israel at Weisberger, do you have the sense that there's this old school, stodgy reputation for Silicon Valley? Maybe it's a little passe, a little stuck in another era of approach to startups and all the advantages. What, what do you, what are you hearing from your vantage point in Israel? I'm, I'm not sure exactly how to approach that question, um, because we're far from it, but approaching, addressing whatever you mentioned about uh, companies trying to uh, reach exit, and mm-hmm. you know this is like the the primer, the this is the the, the first target. So um, you know, I, I read the, the papers, the the business magazines, the the, the books. It is. I think it's a decade of companies that are trying to reach the exit. And uh, but this is not the way I, I like to to look at things. I think when we founded our company, we wanted to. And I know it might be a cliche, but we were trying to uh, to uh, pr- produce something that will change a market, maybe bring even a, a revolution in in our field. And uh, we're not looking at the exit and saying, okay, this is this is where we're going to. We were thinking about something that's going to make Weisberger be rememberable. So uh, I, I can relate to the fact that you know everyone is so exit-oriented um, these days, exit-driven. Thank you very much. And Prakash, let's get you in here before we take our break. And we're going to take a break in about a minute and a half, and then we're going to come back with the crystal ball. So Prakash Vivedi from Osprey, what's your thought? Is Silicon Valley a has-been? Hmm? Uh, I think the venture capital mentality, uh, I think, has become very, very aggressive. So where they would like to put some money, where they see, yes, uh, there is some potential, but they don't want, they don't let the company achieve the potential because they want to make quick cash. They want to turn it over and they want to go somewhere else because they don't have time on their side. So they have money but no time. So I think that culture is becoming more and more pervasive. So uh, I think that is a big negative of uh, uh, Silicon Valley. Okay, thank you very much. You know what? You've all been talking for almost oh, 30 minutes here. We didn't take our halfway break because I didn't want to interrupt this good thought flow we've got going on with the three of you, Prakash Trivedi from Mosprey, Ori Fingerer from Weissberger, and Ayaz Kazi from... SAP. So I tell you what, guys, why don't the three of you go take a break for exactly one minute. Go find the crystal ball. I'm not sure where it is. Ori, you might find one in the hospital cafeteria. I don't know what they call it over there. But I want you to come back and tell me blue skies or cloudy for Silicon Valley startups in the next five years. Let's come back in a minute and say... If we had this conversation, if we all were fortunate enough to meet up again on SAP Radio, I hope we do, five years from today, wow, put it in your calendar right now, it's a date, would we be talking about pros 
Oricons being the uh, the upper hand, and would we even be having the discussion? Because would Silicon Valley maybe not even be that important to startups anymore? Guess what? We're going to take our break right now. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. We'll be right back with Prakash and Ori and Ayaz and Bonnie, too. Joel, take us out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers. Here we are, and it's time for my guests to polish off the crystal ball, whether they found it in the attic, the garage, the back of the car. I don't know. I don't know what they used to polish it off, but I trust they're going to have some great predictions for us. Our topic today is the pros and cons of starting up outside Silicon Valley. So take that one. Let's start off with Prakash Trivedi from Mosbri. Prakash, what do you see in the crystal ball? Can you go five years or tell me how far you can see, blue skies or cloudy? I do see blue sky for Silicon Valley as well as the rest of the U.S. where they are trying to replicate the same kind of culture. Uh, the reason for that I see is Silicon Valley area has a very good school system, very good uh, technical schools, as well as they are very welcoming to people from outside U.S. So, like for example, a couple of years back, some 16 or 17-year-old kid he created an app just to get the summary of news. He's, he was in London somewhere, and he came to Silicon Valley because uh, some venture capitalists talked to him, and they said, come over here, and that guy moved, and uh, he was welcome in that area. Now he's working on some other venture. So Silicon Valley, I think, is not just uh, uh, venture capital people. It has talent. It has money. It has the education system. It has uh, lots of talent. 
and uh, I think uh, if, uh, as long as all these ingredients stay in place, Silicon Valley will keep doing well, as well as uh, New York area, Boston area, uh, uh, Seattle, Denver, where they're trying to replicate the same system, I think they will uh, prosper very well. And I don't see anything going wrong here. Okay, so it sounds like to you, Prakash, that there will be equal opportunity in many different types, whether they're replications of Silicon Valley. But it sounds like a model is being set up and a model is being brought to fruition in many places. So uh, who is it? I said that you're in, uh, you have to stay in New York. Who is it said that? The family's in New York and you couldn't move? Who is that? I did. I, I, I said that. Prakash, okay. So the question is, you might be able to have equal chances to start up, and it doesn't have to mean trekking everybody out to Silicon Valley, that there will be other hubs of venture capital and like-minded people who have that energy and that panache. Good. Thank you very much. Ori Fingerer, let's go to you, new daddy, new Abba. Is this your first baby, by the way, Ori? I didn't ask. Is this the first? Yep. Ah. It's a boy, ah. by the way, if I didn't mention it, so. I know, no, no, he did mention it's a boy, so I, I hear there's a bris in this future somewhere coming up. We know that, and I'm sure beer will be part of that opportunity. So, Ori, yeah. talk to me. Yes. Ori, tell me, uh, five years from today, if we had this conversation, where would you be, pro or con, on the valley, yes or no? Talk to me. I think the world is, you know, since, since the Internet was invented uh, many years ago, the world is becoming much smaller, you know, the, the global village. So the, the mm-hmm. opportunities that were were so kept inside the, the inside the valley are now much more becoming much more open to to the rest of the world. You know, you can, you can found a company um, in the far east, and they they'll sell their products uh, through App Store and Google Market to the to um, millions in the U.S. So. Uh, I think it, it just it'll be it'll become much easier to found and and be successful even while, while founding uh, companies outside of the Silicon Valley because um, now it's easier to get from place to place uh, and use the use all those pro, pros that uh, once were only um, in the valley. Now you can find them outside of the valley as well, and it'll become even uh, even more that way in a few years' time. That's how I see it. Good. And question for you, the prognosis for Weissberger. Do you have a lot more bars and breweries to conquer? Is the world your oyster? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, in five years, I think we'll be... Uh, and, uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm, I'm actually sure about it. Uh, we will conquer the, the important countries and, uh, and uh, of course, the continents uh, we're aiming to because when there's a need uh, and the product is well, is good, then I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll do good and the beer market will benefit from us and also the, the beer drinkers, which is uh, also important as well. Very important. Thank you. And uh, Prakash, just before I go to Ayaz for his wrap-up here, Mosprey, what's the prognosis for they're always going to have retailers, right? You're always oh, going to yes, have somebody. Yes, yes. All right. Okay, good. I just wanted to give you equal time there. And let's turn to our third panelist, Ayaz. 
Kazi, SAP. I'm going to read a quick quote here from something you sent me, and I want you to give me your predictions, please. Sure, the Valley is packed with revolutionary stories of rags to riches and empires that have been changed, that have changed the global tech landscape. Those successes, however, are not exclusive to Silicon Siren or California as a whole. We're talking Facebook, Microsoft, Groupon, Living Social, SD, Amazon, and more. We're all started outside the Valley. So talk to me. What's your What's your pro? What are your pros and cons and your predictions, Ayaz? So for the next five years, the Vadi would still be clearly in the lead. So blue skies and azure skies or whatever else you want to put there. But I would, mm-hmm. I, I'd sort of go back to the globalization and uh, and the world getting a smaller place, which is what Ori talked about. I mean, we're already seeing it. I spent some time in Dublin a couple of weeks ago uh, at Web Summit looking at 10,000 plus startups that walked into the door. And... Uh, it's amazing to watch uh, uh, Dublin, London, to watch Bangalore, uh, Israel. All of these places will be, and there will be places in China that will pick up very quickly. And the maturation of their ecosystem around these solutions and around a startup culture is underway already and uh, is aided by the governments, is aided by people who want to stay local, is for whatever reason, whether it's uh, they, they don't want the brain drain, they, they don't want to uproot their families. There's a whole bunch of things going on, and they won't, they're not going to be very far behind. They're going to catch up. I mean, you, you put this out to another 10, 15 years, and we'll have to earn our place to be out in the front. Okay, thank you very much. I want to thank all three of my guests. You were both eloquent and friendly and fun and very, very interesting. Lots of points of view here. I have my own predictions, and I've got about 45 seconds to do them all, so I'm going to go in speed mode here. Next Thursday here on Startup Focus with Game Changers, our topic, November 21st, will be the role, influence, and impact of, get this, government on tech startups. We're talking local, regional, national. Yes, we are. Thank you, Michelle, for the new topic. Next Tuesday, HR Trends with Game Changers, Tuesday days noon pacific no, i'm sorry noon eastern that's where i am it will talk we'll talk about leading the millennial generation very very interesting interesting people and interesting embrace the way they embrace social media and technology we have a lot to talk about it next wednesday on my flagship show coffee break with game changers 11 a.m eastern we're talking about banking fraud can technology help outsmart the bad guys before they perpetrate the fraud i want to say thank you so much to prakash vivetti appreciate your time or Fingerer, thank you again. We've never had a guest call in 24 hours after the birth of a first son from a hospital in Israel, so you have made a landmark for us. And Ayaz Kazi from SAP, I'm glad you're feeling better. Glad the tea helped. Shout-outs to Michelle Hickey, Robert Kapanen, see, I can pronounce it right, Malcolm Kimberlin, and Joel and the Business Channel team and all of our friends out in Palo Alto who are listening to the show today. And Robert, thanks for your tweets. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I have a call to action for all of you. Here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. We'll talk to you next Tuesday on HR Trends with Game Changers right here on the Business Channel. Bye, Prakash. Bye, Ori. Bye, Ayaz. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.